Wine is food and should be on the table and being at the table should be relaxed, the experience that you want to enjoy. We always say that there's no good or bad wine, it's the wine that you enjoy and that's it. Welcome to Union Market District Radio powered by Candor Labs, an audio experience at the intersection of culture and commerce. I'm your host today, Antonio Caro, a DMV raised creator from the Candor ecosystem. And it is my pleasure to welcome you to today's episode as we broaden our understanding of wine culture through the lens of one of wine enthusiasts' 50 best wine retailers in the nation, DC's very own Gran Cata. On the pod, we'll hear from Gran Cata's co-founders, Pedro Rodriguez and Julio Robledo, to find out how they are breaking the industry's Eurocentric mold by creating an accessible space that introduces the DMV area to the rich heritage and diversity of Latin American wines. Mind you, their efforts don't stop at the court. Through the brand, Pedro and Julio go beyond the wine as they spotlight and humanize the variety of stories contributing to the art of Latin American viticulture, enology, and overall production, while also creating a space that celebrates Latin American gastronomy, music, and overall cultura. So that's enough for me. I'm going to shut up right now and I'll kick off my conversation on the business and cultura of vino with Pedro and Julio. Hola, buenas tardes. Buenas tardes, Pedro y Julio. So I've been very excited to have you guys on the pod. As you know, I'm obsessed with Gran Cata and everything you guys do in the community and are doing for wine culture, specifically Latin American wine culture in the region. So please, for our listeners, what is Gran Cata and how did this shared dream come to be? So Gran Cata means Cata means stay. So Julia and I met in 2007 and we had the opportunity to work together uh, during uh, media development uh, with a Latino Hispanic community and also you know, some nations in, in Latin America. And then we were hanging out, realized that, you know, we were definitely underrepresenting the wine uh, category. And especially when you look at the history of Latin wine, we have over 400 years of wine history. We're communicators. We are enthusiasts. So we wanted to create a space, a vibrant opportunity here in the nation's capital that we can bring to the field of the flavors of Latin America. So why did you decide to open a wine shop here in D.C.? First, it was uh, like they uh, put us together and we started like working on a business idea. I could have done any other place, but uh, life put us, uh, put us here. Working on the wine industry, we realized very soon that there was a big opportunity to more than, than thinking as a business idea. It was to showcase what the city was missing regarding a bottle of wine. Basically, we, we saw a niche, we saw an opportunity that Julia mentioned. So uh, truly to ourselves, we want to showcase who we are. We're from the Caribbean, we're from the Andes. We wanted to tell the story of, of the Americas through the life of wine. And secondly, how uh, this culture is embedded in our, in our day to day. We think about food is wine, wine is food. So they always come together. So we wanted to, as you mentioned before, like, uh, DC is a super dynamic, it's the nation's capital, you got so much international presence, but yeah, Latin America as a whole and, and the wine department was uh, lacking, you know, presence. So the wines were already here in the U.S. What we did is made an effort to curate the selection, bring the wines, and also educate the public of a lot of, of the fun stories of, of the wine history, but also inspire them to get to know more of, of the, the Latin culture through wine. 
and also rekindle memories of people that lived in the region or traveled often to the region. They can connect with, with those memories as well. I love that you shared the rekindling of the memories. And that's one thing I want to touch on a little later in the conversation. But how does wine connect with Latino culture? Oftentimes, that's not one of the first things that come to mind when you think about Latino culture. So can you share with our listeners, how does that connect? I mean, wine, as, as we believe in Gran Cata, it's, it's powerful. Like the way that we nurture ourselves uh, is the way that we eat and, and drink this. If you remember... 400 years ago, Latin American in, in the rest of the world first, just to be fair, we couldn't drink water before because it wasn't good to drink. So we have to ferment things in order to drink and as well to eat. Uh, and wine is a big element over there. We've been making wine for more than a hundred years. So if you think if you go back on time, wine in, in Latin America uh, in general become best friends for, for a long time. So it's part of our culture. In Chile, wine is, is technically part of the flag, right? It's part of what we have. We have it in our brain, in our blood. That's the same thing with Argentina. Same thing with different parts of Latin America. For example, the wine that we're drinking right now, which is a, a pipeño, that was the first grape that ever planted in Latin America through that bottle. Not only good memories of people could actually live out of this grape. So obviously why we, we don't consider a bottle of wine part of the, the culture. We're alive because of it. Because I think it's so old, the, the story and the friendship between Latin America and wine, it's not only for the countries that they produce wine. Every single country that has been in Latin America drink a lot of wine. For example, Puerto Rico. Uh, Pedro, you can tell me if I'm, I'm wrong. But the amount of wine that they consume, I think they kick asses or any other wine. <laughs> yeah, we, uh, we're the highest consumer. <laughs> yeah, we become so Korean, it's hot and humid throughout the year. So we're the largest consumer for easting of uh, Albariño uh, outside of Spain. Colombia. <laughs> now, nowadays, Colombia is bringing a lot of wine. And I have good friends in the industry in Chile, and they can believe how many cases of wine they are selling in Colombia and Brazil. Brazil, they're making beautiful wine too. but at the end of the day, we love wine. Yeah. Uh, we cannot live without it. So, and we love to eat. So when you're eating, you think about wine. That's uh, the way I, I think about it uh, every day. I love that you say that wine runs through the blood and that it has been such an integral part of our development of us as a culture, as a Latino people. But how did you become so knowledgeable in viticulture? How did that educational process look for both of you? Or have you always been plugged into the wine industry? I think it's more than we, we educate ourselves in order to have the store and with Pedro, not only tasting a lot of wine, but we are outsiders, right? I'm a journalist. Pedro is politics science. We are no part of the culture of, of wine business, but we got here and we had so much eager to tell the story of Latin America through, through the wines, but the wine actually was an excuse to tell you guys everything about Latin America. I love that. So we basically start tasting the wine and tell the people about different stories, stories that we used to live. So it was super honest in an approach that I think that is what people, when customer goes to or different store, they have fun because we don't want to elevate the wines. As Pedro mentioned earlier, wine is food and should be on the table and 
being in the table should be relaxed, the experience that you want to enjoy. We always say that there's no good or bad wine, it's the wine that you enjoy, and that's it. Um, so we, we're trying to don't think the wine is like a big thing. It's just a part of life. And that's the only way that we can communicate the bottle, the great, the stories behind, behind it and why we are here too. And one thing, uh, tackling back to the Latin culture, we're all about neighborhood. We're all about family. We're definitely have a big emphasis on human relationships. And I think with a bottle of wine, you can share more of these elements, but also we're well knowing the region, the diversity that region has for our gastronomy. Like people love, you know, Peruvian cuisine. They love Mexican cuisine. They love Puerto Rican cuisine. They love Chilean food. And the ones that know about Chilean food, their empanadas <laughs> are great and pastel de choclo. But it's again, going back to the basics is uh, you share a bottle of wine with the food that you love and, and you create memories with the wine. And it's an important aspect of, of who we are. So uh, we wanted to share that with, uh, with uh, you know, DC, DMB market, that people can come to us and we put our emphasis uh, and, and the culture, but education as well, and make it fun. Like take out the intimidating factor about approaching wine, especially if you're like a person that's trying to get into wine and you know how to kind of read the labels or you know what they produce, you don't know what you like. Cata Mistake, so we're always tasting wines in uh, both locations. We have the wine bar here in La Cosecha. In Cha, we do a lot of events, classes, uh, daily Cata, we call it daily tasting. So uh, the idea is that we can explore new flavors together and then you, uh, you know, you develop your palate. It's, 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 it's an ongoing learning experience. Yeah, you, you constantly develop, you constantly explore and discover new things. I, I'm sure even to this day, you both are discovering new brands, new tastes going. Every day is different, every day is dynamic, and, and every day you interact with new people and you build connections and, and it's human connection through a glass of wine. Or even same bottles. If you share with different people, that bottle is going to taste different, uh, different food, different experience, make the wine special. Absolutely. Absolutely. You know, personally, when I think of wine, I, I think of memories from my youth. I think of my mom, she was a hardworking single mother. And after multiple shifts, she would come back home, open a bottle of Frontera, which was very, very cheap wine, right? Red wine. Or she'd get like, when she was feeling a little fancy, she'd get a Malbec from Argentina and just pop it open, grab the boom box and put some Julio Jaramillo or Tango Cambalache. And Behind every step, there was a memory of Colombia. And growing up here in the U.S. and we didn't have enough money to be able to go visit Colombia, my connection to my culture and my roots were behind each of those sips that she would share. So when I think of, of wine, I think of my mother, I think of affordability, moments of joy, and just those stories of Colombia. I say this all because it brings up two things. One is on the personal aspect of that experience. Um, and I know you touched a little bit, but if you could elaborate in terms of the difference of experiences, because both of your locations have a very different vibe. So what are the experiences that you want your customers to have here in La Cosecha compared to the Shaw location? And then the overall experience when they leave Gran Cata and they're going to tell everybody and their friends, what's that one thing that you really want them to tell about Gran Cata? I'm going to go back to the beginning of uh, your questions regarding of what memories uh, a bottle of wine can can bring, and this is something that that when we met with Pedro, we started sharing it. Um, to me, a bottle of wine is a uh, is a similar of happiness. Um, I remember those barbecue or, or just a uh, lunch time with my family and Sunday, 
um, as well. Like my, my dad always had a, a bottle of wine on the table. So to me, that feeling of happiness, you open a bottle of wine and you see that everybody's is having fun. It's enjoying the family time. Going back to the business, it's the same thing, right? We want that our customer can feel that we are transporting to our house. Uh, here in Cosecha, with the wine bar, when you can sit down and travel, we can travel together through Latin America with a glass of wine. When Joe, when you can get a bottle of wine and have the experience in your house, we want to have that happiness with, uh, with our customers. So overall, we can have many differences in the, in the business, uh, but overall, the feeling of happiness or feeling that you have a, you had an, an experience with, with Gran Cata, it's, it's what we, we want. That is the, the big picture. Um, but in, in the small picture, it's like here in Cosecha, we have a, a market, we have a wine bar, we have food that we can serve. Walling Show is a big store focused more, more in wine, more in the stories and more in the, and what is the different grapes between regions and between, but overall it's the same feeling of happiness that we want to have when someone leaves the store. Happiness in the bottle every day. 100%. I love that. Happiness in a bottle. So how is DC's wine scene before Gran Cata opened? Can you talk about a little bit of the wine culture here? Was it exclusive, welcoming? Absolutely. We, uh, again, we realized when we met and hang out and drank many, 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 many bottles of wine that we went to. <laughs> we sold <laughs> We went, you know, we did our market research as any business owner uh, should do when they open a business. And, and we saw, again, we were underrepresented. We're in the bottom shelf category in a lot of the wine shops. Uh, in restaurants, you hardly saw, maybe you saw Malbec on the list, but that, that was it. And there's so much diversity with uh, Latin American wine landscape that we saw, again, it's a, it's a niche. We saw an opportunity to specialize ourselves. And, and, and bring my, my biggest draw was that we're in the nation's capital and, uh, we kind of don't exist besides being like a, you know, a bodeguita, a supermarket or a fast casual restaurant. There's no, uh, sense of a little more of the complexity of our culture, of our history, our, of our traditions through wine. So we wanted to bring that to the. DC market, in the beginning, we were, oh, are we going to be importers? Are we going to be a restaurant? Are we going to be retail? At the end of the day, we decided retail because you connect with the final end consumer. And that's what we want. We want to be a relationship. We get to know you by your first name, uh, what you like. Uh, we can push the boundaries so you can taste new things. It's all about building community. Uh, and DC, as a political city, there's always every four years, uh, a lot of residents come in and out. So. We had to always kind of restart and build those relationships. You had to rekindle those memories, but also make sure that you tailor to your, your regulars as well. It's a fun exercise to have. People get excited. Oh, you have alfajores from Argentina. I had them over there and they would find them in, I don't know, I'm from Missouri and they were found them over there. So those little nostalgia items uh, besides the wine and the culture, that's what we want to bring to the table. We are here not to tell everybody that Latin American wines are the best and in the world. Not at all. The only thing that we want to say is that if you open a bottle from any other place, Latin American wines deserve to be in the same table, basically. You can open the same bottle and have fun as well. Uh, that's his Gran Cata. It's like, let's share the table. Let's have fun. Let's tell the stories from different parts of the world. And, and we, you know, the beautiful thing about the, uh, 
when they were young, offer is great value for the price point. I remember when I got into wine, I was drinking, oh man, I drank so many Chilean field blends. I, I remember that Mongras Cuadro was one of my favorites. And then you're also paying attention to how much you spend because you don't know if you like it. So the idea is that you can taste with us, buy some bottles and, and you know, don't break the bank. If you buy two, three bottles, you spend 50, 60 bucks or less and you get something super nice to share with your people. And can folks go into the shop and just try, like, do you have everyday select wine? Yeah, yeah. Try whichever. We have tasting in the two locations. So you can non request a, a taste of wine, but we have... In show, we have a place called Daily Cata, the Daily Tasting. We always taste wine. So the idea for us is to you know, have fun and try something new and so we can tell you the story of the, the grape and why we are so in love with, with that bottle. Same thing uh, here and as well, like talking about our wine club too, which uh, we we love to have that program. It's where we, we put a bottle of wines and probably customers here has an uh, taste so they can discover new grapes and new wines. That's all about what we want. It's like taste and learn something new. I really dig the attention you place on promoting curiosity and accessibility, which gets me to my next point. The other day in preparation for this conversation, I read a blog about gooseberries and what the hell is the problem with gooseberries? Basically, the writer was speaking to a wine professional that was describing the flavor profile of a Sauvignon Blanc. And in that description, they highlighted the taste of gooseberry. But when asked if they themselves have ever tried gooseberries, they confidently said no. The reason I bring up this story is that gooseberry is just one example of the many descriptors that can make wine culture intimidating. So I ask you both, do you think wine language needs to be revisited and rather than learning or leaning on descriptors that we've been taught to use through memorization and regurgitation, should we focus on personal connection and experience? If so, in addition to the wine club and the daily katas that you offer, what additional efforts do you do to help folks connect? Just want to say that we are no, obviously we're no, 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 the only wine doing at once and do, doing that. I think for many years, that was the way that wine was described. It was kind of easy to follow like a rule and everybody started following it. Um, many institutions, wine institutions to get certification, you have to pass for that, right? It's, it's through the lens of the people that created the program and probably they are in Europe and it's very... They are in Europe. <laughs> but here we explain the wine different because it's always through our lenses. It's what we were experienced and we're trying to connect and deceive with the experience of or the customer and see. Um, we want to talk one-to-one and if you go to a different store, which I recommend to do, you're going to see that there is no information about the wines. So you, you come to the store and there is not even a signage for countries or pricing the bottles. And that is intentional because we want to have people to ask us so we can, we can talk and we can destroy those barriers of intimidation when you enter to a wine store. You, you don't want to ask, you don't want to talk, but that's all work. That's what we want to do. It's getting closer to the customer through just telling the same thing that you probably have in your mind, uh, but you can know, kind of translate it to, to, to a glass of wine, what you are looking for. Bringing down the, the wine experience in the sense of approachability, it's what I think drives us, it's the passion that we have. I love it. 
super important as well. We, uh, in our, both of our spaces, we have communal tables. So we, we host many, many, uh, you know, wine classes on demand, master classes with approaches visiting wine festivals. Obviously with a pandemic, we had to put a halt on that, but we're bringing all of those back. We started, you know, reconnecting with the neighborhoods again and making sure that people, when they take a bottle of wine, they take at least, uh, some background knowledge of what they're going to enjoy. I always like to, you know, uh, one thing that us Latinos are super exciting, happy and high energy. So we want to transmit that in our spaces. We put the music up. We all make sure that we have like a little atmosphere of celebration through the products that we sell, but since that we build these connections and, you know, with the wine club, it's a great opportunity to learn with us, the wine classes on demand, as I mentioned, and, 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 and always, uh, tasting, you know, the best way to train your palate is tasting tasting uh and then i always say if you're like a went to see at home and, and with the classes that when we do them i always say if you like to cook just go through your pantry you know, when you buy fresh produce vegetables fruits smells and try them if you can eat them you know there's certain uh, <laughs> you know spices that i wouldn't taste uh myself i can just smell them and you start training your your brain to connect what you have on the glass and you can come up with your own conclusions and tasting all of yourself beside the gooseberries. You, you, can, you can say, <laughs> oh, these are of a fresh peel of a citrus fruit that uh, when I was walking in the forest in Puerto Rico, things like that. Just your experience. It's, yeah. it's your experience. You, you own it, you drink it, and at the end of the day, it's uh, bringing uh, you know, a little bit of happiness to the day-to-day -day life in this city. It's, you know, it's, it's a super dynamic city and people need to relax too. 100%. So you mentioned also like the wine club, the tables and so on and so forth. There's so many avenues to connect and to learn with Gran Cata. But I know as part of um, the wine club, which shout out to my sister and my brother-in-law, Anna and Al, they're big supporters of that. They tell everybody and their mother and for our listeners, definitely get hip to Gran Cata's wine club. But what's I find very empowering is that there's so much influence, not only in terms of Latin American wine, but in terms of Latinos who also produce the wine. Those who work in the fields in Napa, folks are over there tasting it, they're picking it, they're growing it, they're into the whole science of it, right? Correct. So what I love about your website and also the wine is the description that comes behind the stories. There's a story, not only by your own personal experience, but you're also empowering the grower, the producer, do you guys invite some of these voices into the store for them to share and to actually educate yeah, the community? Yeah. Every time that we can, every time that we can. If we have a winemaker in town or a producer, um, I'm sure they're going to get an invitation. I'm sure they're going to um, pass that communication to the, to the customer. It's what we try to do every single day, if we can. Yeah, one important thing that when we curate the selections, uh, we always say we have like a, you know, the classics that people know, but we also have like the esoteric, like satellite regions, smoke producers. These are farmers. Like at the end of the day, when you look at it, they're farmers. And then they, uh, we empowering them by representing their wine seer, we're ambassador of their wine seer, and we're contributing to their well-being back home. And that for us is super empowering and that we can say, you know, we started bringing wines exclusive for us through importers and also ourselves. So we're trying to spend our money in a way that we can tell their stories too, because all of them, they're passionate about what they do. And they see, uh, you know, especially in Latin America, you know, they, it's, it's all about relationships, it's all about 
community. It's all about helping each other. And, and that it's, it's all interconnected, especially in a globalized world that we, 100%. we have access. You know, I think the U.S. is the only dynamic market. In the, in, I would say and it's going to be a bold statement in the world that you can get access to all the wines of the world in terms of getting, you know, a good representation of what we do is because we had access to them and we're building more access to them. If you go to Europe, if you go to Spain, you're going to see mostly Spanish wines. If you see wines from all other places, it's going to be tiny. So, you know, they bro- they're a powerhouse too. They produce their own wines. But in the, the U.S. is so dynamic that, that uh, we had the opportunity to bring that into to the nation's capital. And what, and what is as well the, the effect of having a bottle of wine from a producer, small producer from Chile, Argentina, or Uruguay, Brazil, and, and the store? We, we believe and hope that that's the case, that we not only are incurring, uh, encourage them to make more wine and take care a little bit of them, but uh, having that window that they can be proud of what they're making and they can showcase us here in, in the U.S., a small producer that before wasn't exporting to any, any countries and we can bring that bottle here into the U.S. Uh, and drink it with with you guys. Uh, so my, my sister talks about this or we, we talked about it from the wine club and, you know, she's gotten it before and me being curious and then, you know, I go in, I open it, but I'm not going to touch it because she would literally chop my hands off. I know. Uh, yeah. But, <laughs> but I, as I said, it's, it's very bi-directional. So behind every sip is not your own reflection, but it's also the understanding that you are empowering that, that individual that, that put the wine in the bottle in the first place. Right. And you're continuing to fuel a culture that is older than time itself when it comes to the human civilization. Correct. A hundred percent. And so what a, what a, what a beautiful moment of connectivity to get that to your house too, deliver it. That's awesome. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so I know we talked about the business on access a little bit on your story. I, I really want to wrap this up on legacy. What's the legacy you want to leave with Gran Cata? Do you want to pass it down to your hijitos, hijitas for generations to come? What's your long-term vision for the business? Sure. We, we want to create something that can last uh, more, more than we are alive, right? Uh, we want to have uh, um, uh, a company that could, uh, well, we're gonna, yeah, cheers to that. That was a great one. <laughs> cheers to that. that. We can, uh, we can have, uh, opening that, a, a category of, of Latin America for the future. Um, we want to have no only Gran Canta, but more business that we can inspire more business, more Latino opening stores, opening wine store and being proud of, of what we have in our home countries. I think that's the legacy that, that we would like to have, hopefully in, in the U.S. I don't know what the future will bring. Hmm. Yeah, in terms of legacy, you know, uh, definitely inspire people to, if they have an idea, they can put it in writing, they can make it uh, from the abstract to the concrete. If you have an idea, you know, just be patient, be perseverant. Uh, it's, it's a, it's a cycle, it's a process. You can tell me a lot of ups and downs, but you know, uh, we came here for a reason. The universe created this opportunity. And secondly, we're, we're far away from our families. You know, we, we don't have our immediate families here. We have our own, we study our own families, you know, my wife and my, my son, Joaquin and Julio is, uh, uh, you know, happily almost, uh, getting uh, to a point to, 
to uh, you know build. <laughs> Otherwise, yeah, build his own family. Julio suddenly has cold feet. No, no. <laughs> um, no, but we're in a moment that you know we 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 want to maximize our time here and. Ultimately, the way we see Grancata is uh, we're Latin American ambassador of the culture in the umbrella. You know, wine is, is, is that the what the driver is that the blood that is super important to keep the machine going. But we're Latin American ambassador of the culture. If you can see our our presence in the in, in the, you know the IG, the social media, our blog, our website, we're more than wine. We are you know we're food, we're folklore, we're history, we're gastronomy, we are music, we are sports, we are, you know, empowering minorities, we're empowering people to be themselves and believe that they can create something genuine that ultimately makes them happy. And that's, that's kind of the legacy of what Gran Cata, at least for me, uh, stands for. Love that. Thank you both for sharing that. Last thing. Where can folks connect with you, share your social handles, so on and so forth? Gracias, Antonio, for, you know, listening to us. Hopefully you, uh, people come and visit us. We are in the two locations. We're in the heart of uh, the Shaw neighborhood. We're on 7 and Q next to the famous Dasha Beer Gardens. So stop on by and visit us. We've been there six years, actually. It's important to say we got a lot of people thinking, that, oh, you just opened. No, no, no. We've been in the game for, for yeah, a few years. And then we're here in the Union Market District at La Cosecha, the harvest operation, um, food throttle with the wine bar, the retail, and then the grocery. Both will get you open at 11 to 8 p.m. So come and visit. Uh, we would love to receive you in our stores. Find us online on our website, grancata.com. Instagram, it's Grancata. Grancata, Twitter, Grancata, Facebook, Grancata, all together. Uh, Grancata, C-A-T-A. Our newsletter is super fun, so sign up. It's, yeah. it's great. Verano con vino, vamos. Right, easy, though. Appreciate you, vamos.